everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm Victor. I'm Max. And I'm Kitty. And this is our um, semi-weekly podcast where we talk about horror movies. And this week we'll be talking about, spoiler alert, my one of my favorite horror movies, Triangle. And because I know my co-hosts are not, it's not that they're not fans, they just, this movie is just too good and they can't admit it. Uh, I wanted to bring on someone that may have the same feelings about this movie because I'm a narcissist and I want people to agree with me. So I've invited our good friend Epad to be on this this podcast with us. Hey, how's it going everybody? This is Depad. Uh thank you for listening to Hounds of Horror. Yes. <laughs> you got it right that time. Yeah. Hi Depad. <laughs> hey. Uh yeah, and without giving any giving away anything about the movie, I really do like this movie. Um, and so I can see why Tyler, uh, pulled me out of the untamed nether to, uh, talk about it with him. To which I say, I don't think you can give anything away for this movie, because it doesn't make any sense. It kind of gives itself away. At times. Well, deja vu. Yeah. uh, I don't know. (laughs) I feel, I feel like this has all happened before. (laughs) Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, Alright, so Triangle was a 2009 movie, Um, and it was, why can't I find it? It was directed by Christopher Smith, and it was also written by Christopher Smith. Um, If you want to go ahead and talk about the actors over there. The actors? The actors. Yeah, there wasn't, uh, not too many worth mentioning, but... uh... What? We do have Melissa George as Jess. I feel like... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> Nothing. Like what? Go ahead. Continue talking. Melissa George, who I feel like can't ever completely shut her mouth all the way. <laughs> yeah, she's just... She's kind of a mouth breather, a little bit. I... I, I don't know what it is. It's like every time she walks around a corner in this movie... I don't remember 30 Days a Night that well... But in this movie, every time she walks around a corner, because she can't quite close her mouth, she always looks just constantly blown away. <laughs> well, like, like she walks around a corner, she's like, derp, what's going on here? I derp, mean, it kind of works for this movie. It's like, that's her job in this movie is to constantly be like, what's going on? What's going yeah. on? They just needed an actress that would do that. She has this kind of like I constant... Stupefied expression, I guess, would be the best way I could describe that. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> kind of like the audience. <laughs> kind of like the audience. 
Oh my gosh. Oh. It gave me a separating feeling in my tummy. But uh, she was also in the Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, mm. yeah. 30 Days of Night. That was in 2007. She was a fire uh, marshal. Yeah. Yeah, with, with a, gun. a gun for some reason. <laughs> um, a Lonely Place to Die, which I think I'm the only one who's seen uh, that. Um, it sounds familiar. It's not a horror movie, so we'll probably never do it. But it was actually pretty decent. <laughs> I don't remember who she was in that movie, though. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen yeah, it. I don't remember. She was also oh, uh, she's been in some she other was stuff. also in the slap. <laughs> oh my god! The movie that gave us the best <laughs> meme of all time. Ooh, I don't know that movie. I don't. Know I that haven't meme. seen it, but it's like this neighbor or a family friend or something comes over to a friend's house for a picnic, and oh my gosh, a, I have seen. There's that. a kid <laughs> acting up. And <laughs> he has a knife. I was I, I I only remember the funny part, like the funny version. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you mean the slap? It, no, the, there's a funny version of the trailer. But anyway, he there's a kid there being a little dickwad, and the family friend comes up and slaps the kid in the face, and then it's like the drama that unfolds <laughs> after that. Like, that's the whole yes. premise of the movie. So. The funny version <laughs> is the dad goes up and slaps the kid, and then the mom comes up and goes, you can't, and he slaps her. And then the dad comes up and goes, hey, you can't, and he slaps her. <laughs> Eventually the police are called, and he slaps them. <laughs> the, I, and that's my, and I have seen yeah. that, and I remember that, that when the police arrive, they all line up single file, yeah. and he just slap, 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 and they all, they're all just being slapped away. And once they once someone gets slapped, they fall yeah. down and they're just not in the picture anymore. It's it's fantastic. It is yeah, like I said, oh, it's you know, it's I think Family my... Guy had a joke about that. Probably. I mean it's Family Didn't Guy. They, like Stewie was freaking out about something and so like everybody in the show, like every character's lined up out the door to just walk up and like shake him and slap him once. Oh, that I think is a reference to uh airplane. Because they do that in an airplane. There's oh. a girl who's hysterical, oh, yeah, and they, they all do. line up to slap her. And eventually, there's like, like Muhammad <laughs> Ali with barbed and like, wire and baseball bats, yeah. and yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway well, that doesn't sorry. happen. Be in that this as movie. that no. may or may not be. <laughs> yes, I just thought it was super funny that she was in that. It made me laugh a lot. I will have to watch it now because it gave birth to one of my favorite memes. So I'm gonna actually watch it. <laughs> Um, so we also have uh, uh, okay, <laughs> Liam Hemsworth. Uh, he's not Chris Hemsworth. been in a lot of stuff, yeah. Not Chris, it's the other this Hemsworth, is the not Hemsworth. Thor. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, he's been in all the uh, the Hunger Game movies, I think, or most of them, anyway. Yeah, uh, Independence Day. The Expendables, yeah, some other stuff. Uh, the rest of these people, I don't really... Like, Michael Dorman as Greg. Uh, I don't... I haven't Brian seen Brian Probitz as Driver? As Driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what about Henry Nixon? Let's see. Henry, nope. He... Okay, <laughs> I mean this in the most 
uh, flattering way possible, but he is like, um, oh no, I suddenly blanked on his name. Uh, he was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He was Batman, Mad Mardigan. Robert Downey Jr.? No, no. <laughs> no, oh. no um, Val Kilmer. <laughs> that's the one. He's like, he's like discount Val Kilmer. Like, that's just, that's just the way his I mean, face looks to okay, me. Okay, yeah, a little bit. I guess, yeah. That's not a bad thing to no. be. I mean, you know, take I saw Val Kilmer. Kilmer in a horror movie that was excellent. And I think because he was in it. Um, oh. I'll have to figure out what that was. It can't be that hard. I'll just look yes. at Val Kilmer. But, yeah, oh, we'll have to oh, do yeah. that one. I think it's called The Super. The Super. The super. Oh, like the superintendent. He's older. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but he plays like kind of this old, like Weasley guy. But he's like the only one that knows what's going on. So, <sighs> all right. So yeah, those are the the principles there. And uh, now we can get on with this. Well, hang on. I just want to, for anyone who may not know, and I don't know, like I'm not an expert, but the the kind of general. Uh, poking and prodding this movie does a couple of times where they like they gently nudge you to be like eh, eh, see what we did there um there's a couple of little hints here and there of things that are happening but one of them that's pretty obvious um that deep had mentioned earlier is a reference to sisyphus um because the name of the ship is the eolus which is um sisyphus's father but i just want to touch on what why sisyphus was cursed so he was cursed to always push this immense boulder up to the top of the hill uh, and then, you know, after this ridiculous amount of effort, only to watch it roll back down again and then push it back up. So he was cursed to do this for eternity, which is awful. Sorry. You know, I always wondered about that. Why doesn't Sisyphus just uh, stop pushing the boulder? Because he's cursed. Like, he, he can't. It's like the worst form of OCD, having to do physical exercise until you die. <laughs> until you die. So it's like P90X. <laughs> Um, but so here's the thing and and I just wanted to touch on this real quick because I think it's fucking awesome so he was cursed to death once and then again and the second time that he was cursed to death he cheated uh, Thanatos I believe is his name uh, and what he did was basically he was like hey like these chains that basically are going to keep me here for all eternity and like curse me to be here in uh, um Tartarus, I believe. He asked him how they worked. So Thanatos was like, oh, sure, uh, like this is how they work. And he was like, aha, and like jumped forward and trapped him and essentially trapped death and stopped death on Earth for a period of time, which of course pissed the gods off because like they're all about death and murder and like chaos. So that's why he was punished with such a terrible fate of pushing this boulder up a hill and to watch it roll down again. And, like, this movie kind of shows that, like, doing the same thing over and over again and finding the same result is awful. It's truly terrible. So, like, I never really thought about how terrible that fate was until this movie kind of showed me that it's awful. But I just thought that it was kind of cool. Like, he stopped death for a few days, and that's why they were like, all right, no, you're getting really fucked over. Um, Unforgivable. I also just want to point out that D-Pad mentioned the Sisyphus thing whenever we were accidentally not recording. So you were like, D-Pad mentioned earlier, but he didn't I broke actually. my rule. I said we weren't going to talk about it, and now we're talking about it. And I, I, I made it happen, so I'm sorry, everyone. Hey, de- deja vu. I feel like this has all happened before. All these podcasts look alike. <laughs> well. <laughs> it is kind of funny that we were 
forced to redo our intro when we're talking about a movie that talks about redoing everything <laughs> all the time. Next thing you know, you're going to slam my head up against a wall and my head's going to get impaled. <laughs> it's just bad luck. All right, let's start talking about it. So <laughs> it's just, it's bad we, st- <laughs> we start off the movie. With Greg, who's like impossibly attractive. Wasn't that his name? Was his name Greg? Wait. Greg, yeah, he's the pretty I boy. I thought so. Um, Are you serious? I, I remember seeing him and being like, nobody looks like, he's not real. Yeah. He's like a poster that came to life. Well, it starts off with the, like, the the f- flashing of scenes of Jess with her son. Oh, that's right. And she, like, is, like, apologizing yeah. to him, and he's, like, freaking out, and, like, you can't really tell what's going on, because it's just jumping from thing, thing to thing. Uh, yeah, this is happening as the opening credits yes. are. That's right rolling so it's it's so you're kind of like trying to put together what's going on but all you can really make out is that the sun is crying and having some kind of meltdown over a mess that was made frust yeah she's very frustratedly trying to console him yeah and i think they even show her cleaning it up at one point um and then after you see the stain the blue stain on her dress then you see her putting a pile of clothing into a large duffel bag with that blue stained dress um, after she's presumably changed, and then they get into the car, and then then I think they start up with her at the dock. Um, with with Greg at That's the dock, right, and he's okay. standing on the ship, the the sailboat, the triangle. They they call it a yacht in the description of the movie, and I'm like, is it really a yacht though? Like I don't know. It's pretty tiny. I don't know. Technically, what the... yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it. I, my understanding is that yachts cost a lot of money, so if a boat costs a lot of money, it's a yacht. Most boats cost a lot of money, unless it's just, like, a little, like, boat, boat with a trolling I motor. I think like, y- yachts are built for comfort, so, like, if you have a decently sized boat that has, like, accommodation, like a little kitchen, you know, crapper, beds and stuff, then it's a yacht. Okay, okay. Um, but there's we'll only so big you can make time. a sailing yacht. <laughs> you know, like giant yachts yeah. are diesel powered. Um, so he's standing there and like prepping and he's talking to Dowdy and Dowdy's all hoo hoo bro hoo. And then um, <laughs> uh, Sally comes up and she's like, I brought my friend Heather so that, or Michelle. I don't know, some generic girl name. And <laughs> It'd be funny if she didn't remember. <laughs> it, it is Heather, and Heather doesn't really matter. No, that much really it doesn't. I brought my friend oh, no. Heather. Or she ends Michelle. up being I don't ocean fodder. They say, they say her name so many times, though, that I really should have remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> but I did this come out before the first few episodes of Arrow? Because I feel like they kind of ripped off Arrow with the way that she gets... Well, we'll get into that. Sorry. We're jumping ahead. So, um, he's, like, talking to Dowdy and Sally, and Sally's like, yeah, I brought this woman meat for you, and he's, like, not interested, and she's like, "Uh and then walks away, and then (laughs) Victor comes up with Jess following in tow. Because they didn't have enough rope on the boat, he had to go get more, so he had to, like, (laughs) cool guy carry rope down the dock. (laughs) 
He's a boondock saint. <laughs> um, yep. And Greg's like, Victor, Jess. And he says to Victor, is she okay? And Victor's like, nope, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just a really weird dialogue. I think you mean, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, wait, he's not a cop. Never mind. <laughs> the closest they come is talk to the Coast Guard. <laughs> Do they even talk to the Coast Guard? Yeah. For like a, like two sentences. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, Jess comes up and gives Greg a hug and apologizes and like doesn't give any context. Context, and he's like, "Oh, don't apologize. Whatever." Blah blah blah. I mean, he's really really lenient with her, so maybe like he's seen that she's sort of like a little bit more. High strung isn't really the right word, but like someone who insane, you know, maybe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but like she's like. But I'd like to I'm, point out I'm through sorry. this whole thing, Eologus or whatever is has chosen the dumbest person of this whole group to break this chain. I'm just saying. Uh, okay, so uh, what the hell? Sorry, one of the cats has touched one of the kids toys and now it won't shut up um, <laughs> i thought uh ganon no. was playing with one of his linkamoles and so they're all on the ship and uh immediately sally's like super judgmental of jess jess like constantly like like making comments and um who's she, this hoe she said something to her friend uh, what's her friend heather name? heather that's the one um she says something to her like go up and talk to greg uh she doesn't seem like she's good for him like go up and she's like and heather says like i'm not really interested like i'm more interested in like the pool boy essentially and she's like oh no you're not like you go and like hang out she's like fuck you lady <laughs> like seriously yeah. this well, is more than just being a matchmaker this is being a prick and this is after heather is like so you know i got all the info on uh jess over here like turns out she's a waitress and she met greg that way and she has an autistic son oh and that's right then sally drops the r word and i'm just like what a cunt yeah, Sally's pretty bougie in this movie, yeah. and I think both Sally and Heather and and Victor, like, I feel like everybody except for Greg is kind of judging Jess unfairly. Like, she's clearly, the only thing she's done wrong at this point in the movie is she's been visibly distressed, yeah. and everybody's like, gosh, what's wrong Yeah, what a downer. Her? What is her problem? Well, my thought was, like, I, I don't know how many of these kind of movies we've watched, but, like, somebody, like, like The Descent, they invite, like, alcoholic <laughs> depressed lady to come with them. Like, who invited Jess? Like, I guess it was Greg, but... <laughs> well, he specifically says that he went into the diner the day before just to ask her to go on this trip. Yeah. I don't like, let's have that, a fun that, boating and, trip and, with and my friends, a... and let's invite the one person that's just going to bring everybody <laughs> down and just... Make it the that, worst trip ever. Like the biggest that is like really know. not a good choice for a first date. Do we know I'm anybody who's saying. emotionally unstable and, you know, just kind of in general sort of ethereal and, and can't really oh. get a good read on? Mm -hmm. you know? Let's invite them. Oh, they yeah. suffered a, a tragic loss almost one year ago to the day? Invite them. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what were they doing when that happened? Let's do that. Yeah. Um, so... The reason why Victor said that Jess was acting weird is because he asked her 
why her son wasn't with them. Let's call him Vicky because I'm getting confused. I didn't say that. I call you Vic. So mm, all right, fine. Call me Vic. Victor. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I asked her where her kid was, and she was like, uh, he's at school. And then Greg's like, okay, and? And he was like, dude, it's Saturday. They don't have school. <laughs> Greg was like, it's a school for special kids. They're open all the time. <laughs> Which, Which is a fair maybe, argument. Maybe might be a thing. But yeah, he's like, dude, she just stared off into space for like 20 seconds. And then she said he's in school. <laughs> She was really spacing out yeah. at this point in the movie. And then she goes and takes and a, a nap yeah. <laughs> below deck for Couple like nap. two hours. Hey, you want to go sailing? Yeah, I'm just going to sleep down here for half the trip. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Fucking I do kind of get Heather props, though. <laughs> um, I do have to give Heather props because she goes up to Greg at one point and she says like, so even though she does what Sally wants and like rousts Jess away from Greg so that she can like have alone time with him or whatever and like potentially bond and fulfill Sally's weird, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Transference of like wanting to be with Greg, but not wanting to admit it. Um, but anyway, like Heather goes up and says like, just for the record, I'm not interested. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was bold. Yeah. That was a good play right off the bat. <laughs> uh so and i forget sudden, which one is there a delay because i feel like i start talking and then someone else starts talking uh I, I think there is a little bit of a delay sometimes okay well there's uh, never a delay in my love for you max <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> um even though i don't like this movie that much i, I mean <laughs> Fuck i will get to that um, yeah, we will. So I forget who says it, but they're like, "Is that normal?" And there's like a giant thunderhead rolling across the ocean. Well, that comes after the fact because, like, all of a sudden, all the wind stops, like all of it, and they're just like, "Uh," and like at a standstill on the ocean. And they were like, the "Is that normal?" And Greg's like, "It happens sometimes, but just not so suddenly." And then they see the storm head coming in, and it's like it, essentially a hurricane. Like <laughs> this only happens when we're cursed by the gods. Wonder why it's yeah. happening today. <laughs> it was Isn't it Poseidon had Poseidon's, his friend in- like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were working together. So I also thought it was kind of silly. Not silly. I, mean, I guess it was necessary. A necessary part of the it was story, necessarily silly. There's, there's something weird to me about describing anything in this movie as silly. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, I just mean like all of this happens so quickly. Like the the wind stops uh-huh. within five minutes of the movie, less than five minutes. Within about ninety seconds, the wind, we see the wind stop, and they're like, oh, that's weird. And then a storm comes in. They go, oh, that's also weird. Yeah. And then their ham radio starts starts sending messages, and they hear a voice saying, I'm going to kill all of you. No, she's killing them all. I'm killing them all. <laughs> and it's like, 
Huh. And no, nobody is like, uh, at this point, they're still not visibly concerned. Yeah. At this point, they're still just like, oh, well, you know, this, this, this kind of thing doesn't yeah. happen very often. And it isn't until like they see like swells coming from the storm, which presumably happens when you have storms that come on that quickly. That's when they're like, oh, no, <laughs> this could be dangerous. And I um well I mean yeah swells can be dangerous but I, I'm pretty sure waves like that are not generated in the middle of the ocean. I mean you can have a rogue wave once in a while, but I'm pretty sure storms don't just make those like swells yes but a massive wave no. Oh there's multiple massive waves but um like there is so he looks out at the storm that's like green and spewing out extremely quickly and spreading out across like as far as they can see and it was perfectly clear and 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 beautiful and like then he goes down below decks and he's like (laughs) like the coast guard is supposed to keep track of like weather patterns i guess so he he radios the coast guard and like for a few seconds it's like just like scrambled like ham radio noise and then all of a sudden the coast guard comes through and they're like, yeah, like what's going on. And, and he's like, you know, we're seeing this crazy electrical storm. And like, do you, you see anything weird? And like, have you heard about anything weird or anything unusual coming up? And they're like, no, I'm like, but he doesn't say like, okay, we might be get, we might get fucked here. Like this is a storm in the middle of nowhere that came on super fast. Maybe come and look for us. This is our general area. Like this is where we were last, or we were heading this far from this direction. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't give them any information. Then, then there's that distress beacon, and like he he tries, like uh, he's like uh, uh, distress caller, like give another transmission, tell us where you are, and then he tries to get the coast guard again, but they, you know, by then they're cursed, so they can't. The lack of concern yeah. with the situation is. Yeah. A- after failing to get through to the coast guard and getting mysterious death threats in the middle of a storm in the middle of nowhere with no wind. I remember he just leaves the situation by like hanging up the ham radio microphone and just being like, huh. well, we got to go. We're about to get food. Fun, yeah. fun, funny. that. Yeah. yeah. And Downey's like, Greg, Greg, is that normal? There's a cloud shaped like a rhinoceros coming right for us. Well, sometimes that happens out here on the ocean. I say, I feel like any disaster could have shown up and they could have the same dialogue. Like a kraken comes out of the ocean and grabs the yacht. And they're like, is that normal? Have yeah, but not so before? quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David Bowie's coming and riding on a tiger made of lightning. Is that normal? <laughs> well, yeah. An undersea volcano erupts and blows yeah, out the surface of the ocean. Is that 1980s, David Bowie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but not so rapidly. <laughs> uh, so... Um, my worst nightmare ensues where they're in a little teeny tiny ship facing a terrible storm. Um, teeny tiny. This is where I was saying, I, I don't know which came out first, probably this, but the next few scenes are kind of very similar to the first, I think, episode of Arrow, where the same thing happens, where they're on a yacht, they get trapped in a storm, the storm generates crazy swells that are throwing the ship around, and then the girl gets sucked out the window through the ship into the ocean, never to be seen again, presumably. Um, which, which is what happened to Heather. Exactly what happens to Heather. Like, the ship starts getting tossed around, and then I guess there's a sunroof on the ship. I don't know why, but that's what <laughs> that's what Victor falls through. <laughs> 
And then Sarah's like, oh no, I better go up there. And like one of my least favorite things that like, I hate when there's a lot of jostling of the camera during storms or whatever in movies like this, because like, I have a really hard time focusing and I like, I'm just like, who, I don't, what person, uh, what? And like, I guess that's the idea. That's what they're trying to convey is that they don't know what's going on. It's all happening so fast. I had seen this movie before, um, but I couldn't remember which of the two women got sucked through the, the window. Um, the least annoying one, unfortunately. Yeah. And so whenever she got sucked through, I couldn't tell which one she was either. <laughs> so like, because like they were underwater and again, I have a really hard time focusing whenever cameras are being jostled about. Um, but I just like, <laughs> so just like, I actually have a theory. Happening? I have a theory about Heather and my theory is that she's the only one who isn't trapped in this horrible Loop. predicament for the rest of the movie well <laughs> i think she's like i would hope not dude well that's what i mean i i think that she's the only one who doesn't have to suffer through this forever oh whether she knows it or not what it what if she Wait, but was, is she not though, on the boat every underwater. single time it goes out like yeah not from what's her face's perspective no i guess uh, later on in the end of the movie. never mind Theory retracted. Theory retracted. Okay. Um, So the storm passes nearly as quickly as it came along. And then all of a sudden, like after like 15 or 20 minutes of them sitting on the yacht, there's an ocean liner that appears out of fucking nowhere. And like the whole time that all of this happens is happening. Like there's just weird shit that like Jess is like, double taking at and staring at like she doesn't know what it is like she looks at a seagull at one point like it's the first time she's ever seen one and like (laughs) yeah apparently i didn't know this but Mm -hmm. seagulls are really hard to train so they don't use them in movies like ever so in uh indiana jones and the last crusade whenever they have those seagulls that um oh why can't i remember his name henry is trying to get to fly in the air. Those are all actually pigeons because they they couldn't get seagulls to train to fly away whenever Did he was they doing that. Put them in little seagull close, suits. Close enough. <laughs> like <laughs> they just like threw a bunch of pigeons and hoped that you wouldn't notice. <laughs> and I did. What but... about the ones in Finding Nemo? Those are real, right? <laughs> yep, they're definitely real. Those were they were all trained to say mine. Um, Those are the only part that I liked about Finding Nemo. <laughs> I was obsessed with that movie whenever Aww. I was younger. I can't um, stand Dory. I can't fucking stand her. I, I love her. <laughs> Just keep My playing. point is that the seagulls in this movie, I guess because they couldn't afford real seagulls, or like I said, they couldn't be trained, they just decided to animate them. <laughs> they're, they're not great. <laughs> Which may be why she was looking at a seagull like right. it was the first time she'd ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm no offense, I certainly couldn't animate anything even half that good, but um, it is very not... Uh, not on par with even animation from that period, <laughs> let alone, you know, what we'd expect today. So, um, yeah, that every time I saw it, I was like, uh, ooh. <laughs> Thankfully, most of the rest of the movie uses practical effects. Yeah. So, um, they uh, <laughs> end up climbing aboard the ship after Victor's like, I see somebody. And 
Yeah, I guess there's like a way for them to get onto the ship from ocean level, which seems weird to me. I thought that was like kind of not something that ocean liners would have on them. Yeah, I don't know. They kind of gloss over that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but... like there's like a dock. Like it, there's a stairway that goes down to ocean levels that you can just jump on they, it. They don't even really show you. Yeah. They, they kind of like make it like, oh, and here's a staircase. Yeah, they, they don't explain like th- there's no scene of them looking for a way on the yeah. ship they're just kind of like well now we're and on it's the, ship. the perfect height that they can just step off the wrecked yacht right onto this ocean liner yeah. like it's i don't it's so it's super convenient um so in the so anyway they just help themselves mm-hmm. on yes. board and in the very beginning i got kind of ghost ship vibes like an empty ship and they're just kind of like exploring and trying to like figure shit out saying Uh hello a lot and calling for heather thinking that heather somehow got on board the Mm. ocean liner after she got sucked out of the yacht yes a lot of that and then pretty quickly weird stuff starts to happen it like goes from zero to 60 sallies in like two (laughs) seconds um I actually really, really enjoy the pacing of this movie. I enjoy how creepy things get and how they just don't ever stop being creepy. So, like, I think the first weird thing that happens is uh, they hear a clank and they round a corner following the sound and Jess finds her house keys that she had left on the yacht sitting on the floor of this ocean liner around a corner when they were all, they were all together. Like, and it's super weird and creepy. Cause like, he's like, uh, Victor goes and finds them around a corner. And he's like, well, they're going to have to come back for these. Like whoever's like on the ship avoiding us or whatever, or, like playing games with us. They're going to have to come back for these. And Jess is like, those are mine. Like those are my house keys. And she proves it. By yeah. Showing there's a picture of her child on the key. And I actually really, I love God. No, no, I was going to say, I just like Dowdy's Dowdy's reaction. Because she says they're mine, and he's like, bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. So she proves it. He's like, oh. (laughs) I don't think, like, if somebody told me that those were their keys in that instance, I don't think that my first reaction would be to start calling them crazy. I mean, Jody calls it like he sees it. All all of this, this is still just like five minutes after the the initial storm came through and all the weird things started happening. And still, everybody is just taking it as like, we'll make sense of this eventually. (laughs) It's perfectly normal that there's a giant ocean liner out here that doesn't have anybody on board. (laughs) Max, what's up? I don't know about you guys, but when you leave the house, do you not keep your phone and your keys like in the same spots usually. <clears throat> yeah. Usually. So usually this is the first part. Well, I didn't find out until later, but this is the first part where I thought Jess is one of the dumbest people in this crew because she picks up her gigantic set of like mace style keys and presumably <laughs> put them back in the pocket. Where she usually keeps her keys and didn't notice that the first pair was still fucking there. Presumably, she had them the whole time she was on the ship, and she dropped them quite a bit later. She dropped uh, them. But she dropped and that then she pair, picked though. Them up. 
yeah. she dropped that set, that specific set, because she's like, oh, these are my keys. I'm going to put them in my pocket. And then she carries them around and then she drops them later. That same pair that they found. So the how did that set of keys get there in the first place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a strange loop. It caused itself. Like the, the keys were... Like there's a, a one point of the time loop where there were no keys at all. There, or I guess I had to have been somewhere. And that was the thing. I mean, like watching this movie last night is the first time I've watched it in probably three or four years. Um, and I've seen this movie probably ten times at this point. Um, but I realized watching it that if you really look closely, you can see that there are... They, they've run through probably 50... Calcifer different possibilities of different outcomes for this loop and different ways that they can take in different branches. And there are presumably infinite things that they could try and do. So what we're seeing are just one of like, or we're seeing like maybe five different branches of the hundreds that have already been tried and the thousand, you know, infinite possibilities that are out there. But at some point, those keys are potentially brought by the first Jess that gets on the ship. That would be my thought, too, because, and I, I'm going to get into my theory a little bit early here, but I think that what initially happened, like, the first thing that, like, triggers the cycle, I guess, is the shipwreck. Like. Yeah. I think. That's what they lead you to believe, but. Um. Well, no, I guess not. Never so, mind. We're gonna have to talk about that later. We will. Um, Theory redacted. Yep. <laughs> so that's the first weird thing that happens. Then the next weird thing that happens is well, I guess technically before that they realize that the ship was from the 1930s. Um, yeah, 1932. They find a picture of it, um, which for some reason it's, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But then again, I've never been on a 1930s ocean liner before. But they explain the uh, the lineage of the name of the ship for some reason. Like, this is the name. The name of the ship is Eolus, and it's named this because it's uh, he's the god of the wind, and also his son was this guy who was cursed to do this thing that's really terrible forever. Like, um, I like that'd be like naming your ship the the sink <laughs> death trap of doom or something. <laughs> like, I just I don't know. I think it's weird that it wasn't just called like you know the Eolus, like the the you know named after the god of wind, but it was named after the god of wind, father of Sisyphus. Like it just I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to like put on a plaque about a ship. Like it's not not something you would want to be reading. Not not some very ha- not happy reading material no. <laughs> when you're on a uh, luxury cruise liner. Um, but yes, the next the next weird thing that happens is that they talk about or they find the keys and then Jess sees someone and Victor goes running off after them because he's brave and impetuous so he goes tearing off after this person that jess saw that, that nobody that's, else did that that's another thing that we forgot to mention sort of the whole the entire t- from the moment they get on the ship and even slightly before they get on the ship just keep seeing somebody mm. scurrying around and every time they're walking through the halls they'll see like somebody round a corner or s- scurry away really quick and they keep assuming that it's heather they keep saying like, "Oh, that must be Heather." Because <laughs> that so makes maybe sense. she's, yeah, 
Yeah, maybe she's not dead after all. Maybe she boarded this ship and is just avoiding us to just because. I mean, it beats Greg's theory of like, I know guys who work on these ocean liners. They're probably just hiding to mess with us. Like, that doesn't make <laughs> yeah. me feel good. Like, <laughs> uh, like oh, it's no. the weirdest. I get that, like, you know, when you're in terrible situations, like your mind tries to come up with different rationalizations so that you don't. You know, you, you can compartmentalize things and not feel so terrified, but like that wouldn't be one that I'd want to hear. Like that doesn't make me feel better. I don't know, my friends sometimes they'll put face paint on and they'll chase each other around the boat. I'm like Alright. So Jess finds a bathroom and goes in. And yes. um Dowdy and Sally are wandering the halls yelling for um, and Daddy is super chill about Heather. things. And <laughs> at some point, and I can't remember quite where it is, um, <laughs> Daddy finally gets to the point where he just says without saying, Heather's fucking dead. Stop looking for her because he's getting sick of Sally yelling for her. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like the mom I, from I, Jurassic Park 3. I think I think he's even casually eating a banana he when he says it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, she's dead, give it up. <laughs> you saw I get um, sucked out the window. So, so they go into this bathroom. Greg and Jess go into the bathroom, and there's running water in the sink, hot water, and there's steam coming up. That's not important, but it's you know, it's tactile detail. Uh, and they I think see... they tried to steam the mirror to do the writing, and then it failed a bunch of times. They were like, fuck it! <laughs> yeah. So written in blood on the mirror, presumably blood, I don't know what else you would want to think that it is, but it's pretty obviously blood. Written in blood on the mirror is, go to the theater, and <laughs> Greg again is like, hmm, okay, alright. Sometimes this happens. You know, not Never this fast, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jess is like, is this normal? She's like, are we just going to ignore that? And he's like, I know guys like this. <laughs> They're just blowing off steam. <laughs> so she's like, ridiculous. He, he makes some joke about like maybe how in your world, uh, or he like he's starting to get annoyed with her, and he's like, maybe in your world, like you know, ships just appear out of nowhere. Which she didn't say that, but I guess they're implying that she did at some point. But he's like, you know, maybe your world ships just appear out of nowhere, and she's like. Basically, fuck you, and, like, my world is waiting for me outside of school. Um, so, yep. and then she goes walking off, and Greg goes off in a different direction. And then I think they cut to Dowdy again? Dowdy and... and His name's Downey. I thought it was Dowdy. Downey. Oh, it is Downey, you're right. I'm gonna keep calling him Dowdy, because I think that's funnier. <sighs> oh. I thought I, I thought I was just hearing it weird. Yeah. I was like, is he saying Dowdy? <laughs> no, he must be saying Downy. I think the next thing that happens is Jess goes back to the ballroom and finds all the food is rotting. Um, like it's been like a week and like the food is rotting. And like, I don't think there was maggots or anything. Like there wasn't anything living, but it was all very clearly. It looked gross. Yeah. Like it had, time had passed very quickly. And that's when Victor comes stumbling out of a doorway and he is covered in blood and... <laughs> She's like, Victor, what happened? And he's like, you botch! Stop acting so vapid all the time. He <laughs> tries to choke her out. 
And she uh, finds she a reaches. hole in the back of his head and shoves her finger into it. Yep, yep. I think and his wound would have been lethal to begin with. I don't know. There are times where I've definitely <laughs> seen like reports and pictures and videos of things that should have killed someone, but there was just, you know, by some perfect happenstance, their lungs didn't have oxygen, or they, like they took the breath out before they were impaled by something, or like some random, crazy, infinitesimally small occurrence happened that saved their life. It was so, like a four-inch spike. It's possible, but yes, it did seem <laughs> Retracted. like... Retracted. Jesus. Um, take it back. I am ready to defend this movie tooth and fucking nail. <laughs> no, that no, is where it, your it, brain it, starts to attach to your spinal cord. Y'all, yeah, he would have been at least paralyzed. <laughs> Probably. If not yeah, he wouldn't be walking dead. around and ready to fight people. He does kind of have like a bloody butthole and, in the back of his neck. <laughs> it it is kind of gross. But what 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 weirded me out is that the spike didn't do him in. It was her finger going into the same <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yeah. A bony, fleshy finger. <laughs> and then he just dropped like a stone. It might have. Like it was his off switch. It might have just been blood loss, honestly. She might not have had anything to do with it. She uh, just made herself feel better. <laughs> she gets up and she starts going towards the theater. And she gets yeah. there. And. Well, I think there's a gunshot before she gets there, just before. Yeah. And she goes inside, and Greg is on the ground, covered in blood, and... Still looking fabulous. <laughs> yes. And, uh... If you say so. Uh, Sally and Dowdy are like, you fucking bitch! And she's like, why does this keep happening? <laughs> and they attack her because they think that she shot Greg, and then there's another gunshot, and Daddy gets shot, and then there's another gunshot, and Sally gets shot. Well, before that, and it's kind of important, she looks up to her, or, or uh, Sally looks up and says, like, he said, you shot him. Like, you shot him, you bitch. And she's like, no, I, I would never do that. And she's like, why did you tell us to come to the theater? And she's like, I didn't. I didn't tell you to come to the theater. And she's like, you're a fucking schizo. <laughs> and, like, yeah. it seems really crazy, because we've been with Jess, like, from her perspective, and she didn't tell them to go to the theater. What the fuck are they talking about? And that's when people start getting shot more. I, I also think it's a weird reaction to be like, you shot him. Why'd you do that? <laughs> like, what, what's up? What's up with yeah. that? What, what were you thinking? Oh, no. Yeah. So, then after... Dowdy is dead. She tries to pull Sally up the aisle of the theater. And she unintentionally uses her as a meat shield. Yep. <laughs> Come with me. I need you. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and I think that's when you first see uh, the hooded person figure. with a bag. Yeah. yeah. Person with a bag over their head. The burlap boogeyman. With two, uh, two holes in it for, uh, for eyes. It actually kind of reminds me of um, the the um, antagonist, I guess that would be called, from uh, a movie called A Town That Dreaded Sundown. Mm, yeah. Which was a very similar, like, blue jumpsuit and burlap sack, which, I mean, I guess it, it works. It's what they had on hand. It makes sense. Basically Mike Myers. Um, yeah. Basically. I heard that they, they actually bleached that sack. Um, to get the color a little brighter and make it look a little creepier. I heard that that section used to look like <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, 
Yes. So she goes and arms herself with a nice knife and hides in the kitchen. Uh, and then the person comes in looking for her in the kitchen and then hears a noise somewhere else and leaves. So Jess gets out and is running around, I guess, trying to get off the ship. I don't really know. I'm probably just looking for a safe place to hide. Um, and she goes out a doorway and then hears someone running on the dock above her and looks up. And as she's looking up, um, gets hit in the back of the head by the butt of the shotgun that this person's holding. Instead of just being shot. Instead of just being shot. Um, yeah. And she falls on the ground and she's like, no, please don't kill me. Like, I have a son. And she shows the person her locket that she's wearing that has her son's picture in it. Which was also her proof of possession of her keys, because she had a, a matching picture of her son on her keys. <laughs> yeah, so she's like she, scuffling she backwards. She escapes then. <laughs> she pulls off some crazy acrobatic stunts. Yeah, like, just... Flees the scene. There's like a 1% difference between... Getting your body mass down around the next railing and going onto the below the next deck below and slipping and falling and bouncing off of every railing down to the ocean where you'd die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I wonder how many loops that happened to her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Splash. Um but yes, yeah, so she gets down to the next dock and then uh arms herself with an axe. And um Brutal. The only time in this movie that I think I giggled was when she, uh, there's a part where the, the person with the gun fires at her and she like ducks back down. And then, uh, as she's running, she hears another shot whiz over her shoulder. And then she looks back and the person's on the deck above her and like goes to pull the trigger and it clicks cause they're out of ammo. So she goes to step over the railing and the person just whips the shotgun at her and hits her. Throws the gun. Yeah. <laughs> just wails it. Like, not even elegantly. Just like, what? I mean, to be fair. Tosses it like a boomerang. I probably would too. <laughs> and I mean, it looks like a pretty heavy gun. So, had it hit the right yeah. spot, it probably would have done some damage. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it knocks her down and it's the, like the part where I giggle. Because like, that always happens in movies where like someone's like firing at something and they run out of bullets. They throw it at them because of, you know, whatever, I guess. Um, but it actually is kind of effective in this instance, and I, I thought it was really funny. This is actually the only time I've seen it in a movie or a show where I thought it was somewhat appropriate. <laughs> I think I probably would have held, held on to the gun to use it as a club rather than trying to throw it, but yeah. that's just me. I, I still think the goal the was to hit her and like knock her off and so she would fall and like die when she hit the ground or the deck. Yeah. Which I don't know why she didn't. Well, it she did was like hit her and she up. did fall, but then she was fine. Yeah, it was like thirty yeah, feet, I, but she's I'm, like, "Oh, I'm okay. Sure. I'm stupid enough that I'm not hurt." So, <laughs> and then I forget the next sequence is a little bit fuzzy for me. She picks up it's like a twisted piece of metal. It or was no? a bent crowbar. She she still has the axe at that point, right? I don't remember now. It's something weird though. Well, she has the axe, and then the That's right. masked person has a crowbar, and they start yeah. trying to hit her with it, and they hit a pole or something, and it bends it. And then... Oh, I missed that part. I think. I think that happened. I might be making that up. 
That but, was my logic for why it was bent. <laughs> it's actually, um, in my opinion, like I'm, I'm kind of really big on fight choreography, and like I find this to be a pretty believable fight. Like they're both wailing on each other, and they don't really know what they're doing, and they're just kind of like hoping that they're going to parry blocks. And like it actually was pretty believable for me. Um, but the uh, Jess gets the upper hand, and she's knocks, she disarms the other person, and like she's backing them up to the the dock. And you can at this point clearly hear it's a female voice under the hood. And they're saying something, but it's too muffled, and you can't make out what it is. Just bits and pieces. Um, if you're using the subtitles like I was, you can perfectly make out what they're saying. Yep, subtitles were not fucking around. <laughs> you have to kill them all! Yeah. They, they'll they return! You have to kill them all! So she, she makes puts one on more... This blue jumpsuit and the mask, but doesn't take off her stripper shoes. They, I got kind of annoyed about the the big heavy thick heels but I mean I guess if you're used to them you can run on them but like I wouldn't want to be wearing something like that running after people I would just bare, bare feet man but um, she takes one final swipe at this masked figure and they like try to dodge the blow and fall off the back of the deck or fall over the railing and this is like one of the only other times where uh, the effects in this movie don't really work for me like the weird green screen effect they have of people falling into the ocean looks a little weird. It's not terrible, but it's just, it looks kind of strange and it doesn't quite mesh in a way that I think looks believable enough. And I it doesn't take me out of the movie, but I kind of notice it kind of like the seagulls, but those are the only effects it in the movie that bother me. It kind of looks like Hans Grumman at the end of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. die hard fall. Falling off the. You have balcony. to kill them. You have to kill them all. <laughs> you BIA motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, anyway. Um, yes. So, at that point, she hears yelling and, mm-hmm. "Hey, help! Help us!" Blah. And then she looks down and she sees the yacht coming in. With Greg and Victor and Sally and Dowdy and her. And her, yeah. On it again. And then... And this is where a movie, the movie takes a turn for me. <laughs> where I realize that we're strapped in for a fucking weird adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts stalking them. Like, she's, like, yeah. kind of sneaking around in the shadows, like, listening to the conversations. She is the one who drops her keys... Um, while she's listening to one of their conversations and then she takes off running because she dropped her keys and she doesn't want to get caught by them. It's just, these scenes are blended really well where we get to see things now from the other perspective of the Jess that was her there previously. Um, who by the way is still on the ship. Um, and she drops the keys and then, like, as these things are happening, she's realizing, and, like, she goes to hide around a pillar, and she looks up and realizes that there's a mirror on the other side of her, and, like, you can, like, there's a very uh, poignant scene where you can kind of see her, like, understanding what's happening, and she's realizing what's about to happen, so she goes to run, and she thinks it's in time that the other Jess doesn't see her, but it's not. It's a perfect timing where Jess looks up and sees just a figure running, and that's, like, the, that's the next scene that we see, like... Um, and it all kind of blends really well, and I feel like I really enjoy seeing things from the opposite perspectives. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. So she takes. I mean, we're no. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I mean, we've all seen a, a time loop movie. Mm. We're, we're a lot. I feel like that's a common theme yeah. in mind benders and sci fi's and horrors. But I think this is the first one that really 
that I saw that folds in on itself as well as it does. Yeah. That really gets the viewer to say, to say like, oh, oh, I see. This is what caused that. But not in a way where you see where it's going. It, it still leaves you guessing like, oh, okay. So, all right. So this is, uh, you know, the opposite side of what we were seeing earlier but where you know still how are they going to get out of this yeah and so she she goes off running and the new jess sees her the nude jess the nude jess the new jess the new jess sees her and victor takes off after her and the old jess gets up onto the deck and looks down and sees Dowdy's body in the water. And um, then she sees a bloody handprint and then Victor comes up and is like, what are you doing up here? And um, she's like... It's a Gollum style hiding on the stairs. She starts (laughs) to explain things to him. In the most hysterical, crazy way possible. But so it's okay. I was here, but I was there, but you guys came back, but I killed you, but everybody died. But it's okay, I'll save you. I just have to kill you. And he's like, all right, <laughs> okay. And he's like, I'm going to do you a favor and not tell Greg about yeah. this, but... Uh, he's not having uh, that shit. <laughs> She's like, no, look, here, I can show you. There's Downey's body in, in the water. And she forcefully shoves him. Yeah. And she like... And she throws an apple at them, doesn't? Or she throws an at apple the at body. the seagulls. Yeah, that's right. And they dissipate, and there's nothing there. And he's like, right. <laughs> he's like, it was birds. <laughs> she, she says, "You, you have to listen to me. You gotta, you, you have to listen. I'm telling you the truth." And she grabs his head <laughs> <laughs> to emphasize her point. <laughs> and even if there had I mean, been I a metal spike there, he would have smacked his head against a metal bulkhead, and like. <laughs> he's supposed he's like the brawny one yeah. and i i just like i don't know i w- i remember seeing that and i was like oh i'm not buying that i like what bad luck like there's one spike on the wall of the whole ship and that's what she hits his head off of it was just a yeah. spike like just sitting there like on a ship that rocks back and forth that you would think would be designed to have smooth walls and safe surfaces but there's just a, like a a bowser's castle spike <laughs> yeah. just sticking out of the wall and he gets the back of his head impaled literally the only thing that i could think that it would be used for is like maybe hanging a lifesaver or tying some rope to from a mast like those are literally the only two possible i think it's a i think it was a little too big to hang candy off of (laughs) yeah that's where i was going with it like who needs lifesavers in the ocean i'm sorry um i i kind of thought that maybe it was like what was left over from an apparatus that held something else maybe it was like a quick release and like pieces of it were designed to fall away and what was left wasn't necessarily meant to be you know you thought about that way too much i am ready to fight for this movie (laughs) tooth and nail i said it earlier don't make me say it again (laughs) (laughs) boat cleats yeah boat cleats Boats like have cleats. That's what you cleats, use to tie ropes to. For boats? Well, it's spelled the same way, I think. Yeah. But Every boats conversation, have cleats. you got to lead it to boat cleats. 
Well, okay, now I am. But Sounds like a cop out, like Those don't look like spikes. Because they're but, not spikes. That's what you use to tie ropes to on a boat. Not a fucking copper spike sticking out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> they're smooth on purpose, so if you happen to run into one, you don't get impaled on it. <laughs> uh, so... This ship was from 1932, though. It was. It was the 30s. It was a different time Cleats have been around for, like, three so, centuries or more, so... So have stones. But that okay. matters somehow. What? Anyway. <laughs> what? So, she impales him, and then she suddenly realizes, oh, I'm the one who did that to him, because she puts it together that, like, in a few minutes, he's going to go down and try to choke her out. So she goes down... Ahead of him. She's like, fuck. <laughs> uh, and then grabs a gun and grabs, uh, I think that at this point is when she puts on the jumpsuit. I don't think, no, it's not yet. Because whenever she tells, um, she goes into the ballroom where um, Sally and Dowdy are. And she tells them to go to the theater. And she's like, Greg says to go to the theater. That's not her. Yeah, it is. No, she... That's not until way later. Like, at this point, she... I'm pretty sure the first thing she does is go down with the gun and encounter... And confront the other Jess. Okay, she's not in the jumpsuit yet. No. I'm pretty sure she has the gun and puts bullets in it and goes down and confronts Jess. And that's when, like... Um, Victor's like stumbling all bloody and, and like he's like what the fuck and he like leans against the wall yeah cause he's like totally fucked up at this point like he just at one point like gets he's into he's really the, fucked the, up I must say <laughs> he gets into the fetal <laughs> position but then he doesn't <laughs> but like I don't blame him like he's lost a lot of blood and this is the most <laughs> fucked up shit that has ever happened to him <laughs> um, but she confronts the other Jess and I, there's a weird line there and I wish I could remember it. It's something like, you're not me, I think she says. Something like, you're not me. And she's pointing the gun at this other Jess, but she can't bring herself to pull the trigger. So, the other Jess goes running away. Terrified. She's a coward. It's her fault this is continuing because she can't kill herself. Uh, yeah, there's multiple instances where she can't do that. She also can't just walk <laughs> down to the dock where they're getting on and say, don't get on. Like, hey, I'm me. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, like, hang a bunch of, like, Sally bodies off the side <laughs> to discourage anyone from getting on board the boat. But, like... That's terribly effective. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, if there was a bunch of other Maxes running around, I get the feeling our only thought, each one of us individually, would be to kill the other ones until we were the last one. They didn't get to be I don't know. They were, they were all pretty stupid at the beginning of the movie. So there, it's very likely thought, that they would see a bunch of bodies <laughs> and be like, "You know, this just must be a, prank. a prank." Like, no, trust me, this is. Uh, is that normal? Yeah, old but old it doesn't happen prank. so quickly. I've never seen them make so many copies of everyone's body. This is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> what an elaborate prank! <laughs> yeah. So the other Jess, the new Jess, goes running off. Yeah. Um, and then the current Jess goes into the, uh, theater because she hears a gunshot, goes into the theater and Sally immediately goes, you shot him, you bitch. Oh Jesus. Cause she realizes <laughs> she has a gun, which doesn't look good for Jess. 
Yeah. Considering yeah. what Greg just apparently whispered to her. <laughs> and she's like, it wasn't me. That wasn't me. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get down. And then she, she abandons them. <laughs> <laughs> she immediately, like, the person, the other Jess that is the murderous Jess uh, with the bag on her head goes to take another shot and our hero Jess clips her like in the top of the head yeah, pretty significantly but I guess they're using Hmm. I guess buckshot um, and it was just the bag it wasn't her actual head which I don't know I mean Max can you weigh in here what's the point of having guns on a ship is it to shoot birds oh I had thought about this Um, pirates I mean it's, it's a luxury cruise line so it could be they have them there. Like maybe whatever guests were there before brought them to do a little skeet shooting. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Shooting clay. Okay. It's possible. Um, that would make sense. Especially like in the thirties, like, you know, if you were rich, you, you shot pigeons or clay pigeons and you brought all the stuff to do that wherever you went. So. Cause there are a bunch of, um, but if those shotguns, shotguns right? are 70 There's like years old. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. magic. It's a magic ship. Magic ship. And we can confirm <laughs> that parts of the ship do regenerate because she pulls the same axe off the wall twice. Yes. And presumably um, she's used a lot of ammo, but... Uh, yeah, you would think. Like, how um, are the decks not littered with shells? Or, or, like, I don't know, anything else? Well, I think that, that the thing is, like, so... Um, eventually, like, sometime in all of this, we get to the point with the locket, so we can, I think we can just go ahead and talk about that real quick. Yeah. Um, so she, her, her locket gets pulled off, and, like, I think that the, the thing is that it, in order for it to stay there, it has to be related to one of the people on board, all of the mm. ship stuff goes back to normal, like with each new yacht that comes in, but the people's stuff goes back to, except for whatever Jess has on her. Okay. Um, okay. And I do remember what you're talking about. There's a part where she's like in like the boiler room. Yeah. Um, and her and locker, locket gets stuck on a grate. Yeah. There's, there's a locket on the grate already and she looks down at it. And as she's looking down, her locket goes through the grate, and as she goes to get back up, it gets pulled off, and then she realizes there's dozens down there. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember that being the one of the most haunting shots in the movie. Yeah, that was the first time. The first time I was watching the movie, I remember like that's when it hit me. I was like, "Oh my god, this loop has gone on ah. for uh, forever and ever." There's like a a pile forming yeah. of lockets that she had dropped down Dozens the Dozens yeah. of them. And at, at some point, I we might be confusing two different loops here, Time but was. it's going to happen, especially with this movie, um, but more so considering it's us. Um, <clears throat> but there's a point where uh, she gives Downey the gun, and she says, if anybody, if anybody comes back here, shoot them. Um, and she doesn't mince words. She says, if anyone comes back here, shoot them. Uh and he obeys what she says okay. um, because the next uh, next person they see, she she hears uh, two shots. Um, and then we go back to Downey's point of view and it's the other murderous Jess who has been clipped in the head and is bleeding pretty significantly from a 
I guess, non-fatal head wound. And, like, non-murderous Jess has been gone for, like, 0.2 seconds, yeah. and then this other Jess walks up that's fucked all to hell. Yeah. And he's like, what happened to you? Wearing different clothes, is yeah. bloody, uh, <laughs> has a weird bag around, like, wearing a bag like a sash, and he's like, oh, so, okay, I'll, I've never seen you change your clothes so fast. Um, <laughs> but all right. she almost pulls the same come with me if you want to live line like it's like almost the same thing that she said earlier yeah yeah. Um, and she sneaks them into one of the the cruise rooms and pulls out a knife and just starts fucking slicing and dicing them in this yeah. room <laughs> and to Downey's credit even though he's had his throat slit he still puts up a pretty good fight like yeah. she stabs him a lot which is a really like it's probably the most accurate stabbing I've ever seen in a movie. Um, just how long and how brutal it is. Um, like him thrashing around and like gurgling and her stabbing him that much. Um, but she also stabs Sally once somewhere around the kidney, um, which is a pretty, depending on what organs you hit is a, a pretty nasty wound. Um, and Sally takes off running. Um, and that's Jess encounters her at some point. They uh, like she sees her going up to this little like section of the the top one of the top decks of the ship, and she follows her up there. And like Sally starts like sobbing uncontrollably because there's just dozens of dead Sallys. Oh, in this part of the boat, Jess finds her just after Sally is the one that gives the distress signal. Mm, she's in the radio that's room. Right. That's right. And she's giving the she's the one saying she's killing everyone. Um they're all dead. She's killing everyone. And then that's when Jess comes in and like Sally runs because I mean, at that point I wouldn't trust any Jess that I saw either. Mm. Um and that's yeah, then she goes up and like for me that's a, a similar moment that I had um like that's the most chilling moment in the movie for me when like I I can't imagine going through losing a loved one in that kind of a brutal circumstance or, or you know, with everything else that's going on and then bleeding, knowing that you're probably going to die and then going up thinking that you might've gotten away from this, this killer and finding dozens of your body lying around. Like that's, mm. that's so, yeah, there's bird, oh. there's pigeon. They're covered in pigeons. Yeah. Pecking away. Mm-hmm. Sea pigeons. Traditionally, um, if you've been stabbed in like your renal uh, cavity, whatever you call that, if you don't get help right away, it's almost fatal all the time. Uh, if not from bleeding out, then from like infection and stuff. Um, but you know, Bravest Warriors had an episode like this. Their very first episode, I think, uh, they go to repair the time generator or whatever, and they open the door, and there's four the Bravest Warriors are laying there dead. And then the, the generator goes haywire and kills them, and they land, like, just an inch off from where the other ones landed. And then the next team opens the door, and they're like, yep, I'm not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> um, but it's at, it's at the point with the locket, which might have come in reverse, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's the point with the locket that makes her think, my son like i i have to get back to my son that's the most important thing in the world to me right now i gotta get back to my son i'll do anything to get back to him and she then dons the blue jumpsuit and the the bag on her head 
Um, and realizes that if she kills them, they're just going to come back anyway. So, and she also realizes too, at that point, whenever Sally dies, she realizes that a new yacht doesn't come until the entire previous yacht full was dead, except for her. Like she's allowed to be alive, yeah. but like everybody else isn't. Yeah. She, um, she makes the, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. That's what was, that's when the loop started over. Yeah. Cause there's that moment. Um, and it's actually really, uh, <sighs> creepy i guess because um she goes up to one of the top decks and sees two versions of herself one wearing the jumpsuit and the bag and the other one holding the i think it's the axe and the one who um holding the axe wearing like her normal clothes is murdering the one in the jumpsuit yeah um and they like slump over and that's when she hears the yelling from the new uh regenerated yacht crew and the the other one's like looking over the deck. So like there's a there's a point in this movie where there's as many as three or possibly even four Jesses on board. Because the one that goes crazy and starts shooting people that we just talked about isn't the same one that she pointed the gun at and that ran away. So like the one that she pointed the gun at and just ran away is probably the one that's killing the Jess that shot everyone a few minutes ago. So like the timeline is so weird and they like Honestly, there's probably another two other timelines going on at the same time that we're not able to keep track of. Um, not even to mention confusing. how many Jesses are still on dry land. Yeah, yeah. Mm. like it's there's so much here that like when you start to like think about it, it like it doesn't unravel in a way that makes the movie doesn't seem like it's going to work, but like it unravels in a way that like you realize there are so many possibilities here that it's 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 so impossible to keep track of because um, there's a part like I said earlier, where like she gets distracted by the sound of someone running above her. And that's when she gets pistol whipped, um, which is, I guess it's still pistol whipped when you're hit with a shotgun, but it doesn't seem accurate to say that. But anyway, um, yes. Um, but that was the sound of her running above her before she gets hit by her in the head with a shotgun. <laughs> oh, so like, it's just like super confusing. Um, but yes, this is when she decides that after seeing all of that, she's had enough and she thinks that the way she's going to save them is by killing them. Because yep. she thinks she can break the cycle <sighs> if, if she kills all of them, including the new Jess. Yeah. Give her a Nobel Prize. She says something like, I'll stop them from getting onto the ship. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just send them away. And maybe that would have worked. Maybe. But she doesn't get the chance because she then becomes the murderous Jess that misses the axe swipe and falls into the ocean. Misses the ass wipe. Yes. Yes. Misses the <laughs> ass wipe. That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, and you think, so, oh, no, apparently they were only like a hundred feet away from Florida or wherever <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, so she winds up on shore. Are we there yet? I thought the movie was over at this point, and it's not. It's it wasn't. <laughs> There's more. No, it is like kind of a false ending at that point. It's like, oh, she's she got back. This is it. This yeah. it's ending. I think I would have been more annoyed if they had ended it there. I hate 
when movies end so ambiguously like mm. that that I, like I it didn't end it. any more with any more clarity it half an hour later me See, it looped I, it all back around again yeah yeah it, oh like it, a big old fart in a jar itself to the beginning <laughs> so <laughs> i mean if it's a loop shaped jar maybe <laughs> so she comes, comes More of a back Klein, with that Klein's point. bottle. A Klein's bottle. Yeah. <laughs> For farts. Okay. Well, that pack it up, guys. That's, that's, a, that's what this movie end. was. It was a Klein's bottle for farts. Um Alright. So she walks <sighs> home, presumably like, She jogs home. Yeah. Like it looks like a pretty long distance. I feel yeah. like after all of that it would be so fucking tired. Thank goodness she's wearing her running clothes. And <laughs> in her stripper so, shoes. And so she gets home and realizes when she gets home that she was already home. Bum, bum, bum. And there's a previous version of her wearing the floral dress standing in the kitchen. And her son sees the now disheveled post-ship Jess in the window and he gets startled and knocks over his cup of antifreeze and <laughs> um, the the old Jess Hero wait Jess. the new wait the no the Kevin Bacon no the uh, Val Kilmer versus <laughs> her protocol the, the the Jess in the dress okay comes back in and yells at her kid for spilling his cup of juice and smacks him okay it was it was paint not juice oh i thought it was juice okay no that makes it was definitely paint because he was painting (laughs) and also that's she goes outside to pick up the ship out of the pool which is the the knot earlier when they're like showing they're like panning over and you can see there's little bits and things in the pool and one of them is a ship that's turned over mm. she comes back in and says like you know what do i buy you you're these fucking toys you're just gonna leave them outside like i'm sick of telling you this tommy and like you realize that she's kind of an abusive awful mother um and you see her outside reacting to this and realizing like she's hearing herself doing this and like she's realizing just how awful she is um and then she bang like taps on the window or just goes back over to look at tommy and he sees her and that's when he knocks over the paint and then she comes in and then she hits him because he knocked over the paint and she had to deal with it um which is you know fucking awful um so she goes she sneaks into the house she rings the doorbell Mm -hmm. and then sneaks into the house and after getting a hammer from the shed after getting a hammer from the shed and she kills herself finally. <sighs> Technically, it's a mallet. And well, is that still committing suicide? Is that still count as suicide? I don't know. That gets into a whole other thing. It's kind of like, like if yeah. you have sex with your clone. Is that masturbation? <sighs> Boy, that jumps ship real quick. Like I jump from one topic to another. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um. So then she goes in and, and she's comforting Tommy and she's like, it's okay. The mess is all cleaned up. Like, and telling him that like, it was just a dream. And sometimes whenever we have bad dreams, we imagine like bad things and whatever. Yeah. And then she <laughs> loads up her old body into a suitcase or her new body. Uh, and it was a suit bag <laughs> and takes it out and puts it in the trunk of her car. 
So there's two things about that I wanted to, to touch on real quick. And one is that um, I love her, like, just her whole body language. When she rings the doorbell, when she gets the hammer, like, her body language is that she is going to murder someone. And she does. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Like, it's, it's she's rigid it's and just spooky. pissed off. And she goes in there and, like, the Jess in the dress uh, is putting on makeup and, like, sees her coming through the mirror. And, like, you, like she's, like, flabbergasted but doesn't even have a, a second to say anything because Jess just whacks no, her with that fucking mallet. speed walks up. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's spooky. She was, like, a, a zombie walking, yeah. like, just determined to commit murder. Yeah, yeah. The, I remember that really getting under my skin. Yeah, the, the sad thing, though, is that, like, she's trying to do something good for her son but does probably the worst thing possible yeah, in that she <laughs> she Murder? murders herself in front of him and like he's very clearly not okay with that obviously and she's trying to comfort him and then just lies to him like, like how just, do you reconcile that like, like i don't well i mean that's this entire movie really but yeah <laughs> i mean as that boy so... like how do you i don't anyway so <laughs> She she puts herself in the car and then she puts him in the car and they start driving and she's like looking in the rearview mirror and she's like, look, dude, I was a total Things bitch. Change. Things are going to yeah. be better from here on out. And then she hits a seagull and there's blood all over her windshield and she pulls over. <laughs> I don't understand this part. Like she goes back and picks up the dead seagull with a piece of newspaper and then throws it over the shingle onto the beach why why would you even do that like i if i saw that i'd be like shit did i just hit somebody and then if i look back and see it's a fucking seagull i'd be like a, oh who the fuck seagull. oh okay and he'd keep driving so, i'm not picking that shit up like, I don't... yeah it could have west nile you have no idea well presumably but i think i think they just wanted to point out that like this too is part of the loop yeah like the like this the, too shall she's this too well it shall not mm-hmm. like the, even her attempt at fixing everything has been attempted over and over and over again so they get back in the car and well i just i want to touch on uh, that real quick I, I think the reason that she did it was because tommy was freaking out about it and like her way of trying mm. to calm him down was like, look, look, I'll take care of it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll clean it up. Yeah. I'll make it go. And away. then she throws it over and sees like, I'm going to bury know, it. She ton- says- yeah. She says, I'll bury it. And then there's a ton of birds down there. And like, this is where she has like a weird, I'm, I'm guessing disassociative moment where she like looks down at it and like her head kind of tilts a little bit. And then she just pretends like she didn't see it because there's 30 Mouth other dead birds. Slightly down there. Uh, and I think, and I, and I think that look that, I mean, she's been dissociating the entire yeah. movie, but I think at that point, that's when she realizes that there is no escape. There isn't any, there is no escape. Yeah. Um, she's made it this far, and even this is part of the loop. So she just kind of accepts that she is stuck on the track and is doomed to do this for all eternity, like yeah. Sisyphus. Whether she remembers this part of it or not, which presumably she does. Yeah. She, like, she doesn't remember this part. So she gets. She gets back into the car and they start driving. And there's blood on the windshield and Tommy starts freaking out. He's like, blood! And she's like, Tommy, please stop screaming! And like, turns around and is like yelling at him, which <laughs> can relate. There are times where my child is screaming and I just scream back at him oh, because God. I'm like, dude, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
This is I'm what the you better sound screamer. like. <laughs> <laughs> but then do you, you swerve into the opposing lane? And... Uh, oh no, I don't. I don't argue with my children while I'm driving. See, that's um, exactly like I, I, I don't I, in any movie anything. I don't understand why when something's happening with a car, and it could be anything, screaming at a kid, arguing with a kid, um, you know, bullet holes, well, that's different, but, like, somebody gets blinded who's driving the car, and so instead of just applying the brakes and stopping the vehicle because they can't see, they slam on the gas, start jerking the steering wheel everywhere. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. What, what bothers me in shows and movies is when, like, like pretend I'm the driver, like... Uh, and this won't matter for anyone who can't see the video, but it doesn't, it, it's fine. Like, you're the, like, the driver in a movie scene will be, like, talking to the passenger and will talk to them, looking at them, making eye contact for, like, 35 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I know. Well, how, how else would you, vi- I mean, from a filmmaker's perspective, like, how else would you visually convey distraction? I guess. No, I mean, like, in, in movie scenes where they don't end up crashing. Like, or, like there's nothing bad that comes like, out oh, of I'm, like, I'm always waiting for it. Like I'm I'm like, oh no, oh no. Like I'm I'm used to like fucking house where like, you know, the beginning of that is always a stinger where someone's like, you know, everything, everything's mm-hmm. fine, everything's great, they're just on their way to school. A fucking plane engine fell on them. What? Mm-hmm. It's actually this person over here that's sick because they have a scrape on oh, their knee. Misleading. But like speaking of house, uh Talison calls the wiggles house. House House. Because <laughs> they talk about the Wiggle House in it, and it is the That's cutest adorable. goddamn thing. Anyway, but yes, sorry, I, like I have like this weird trigger in shows and movies where like you know the driver will be looking at their passenger while like making eye contact, making a point, and talking to them for like thirty five seconds, and I'm like waiting for them to crash because like that's too long to not be looking at the road. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but yeah, they flip ass over tits, um, as they say. Um, Ass over tea kettles, I've heard. Yes, I prefer that one, actually. Um, and the Jess that was driving gets out and starts walking. And... I think she's just ejected. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's not a get out. She's just somehow we, like... We just see her standing, yeah, right? There, there's like, no, there's no... There's no way she survived that without wearing a seatbelt. And, like, she's standing there staring at the body of her that was in the trunk... And the body of her son, who got killed in the car accident. And some random hermit comes up behind her and is like... He's a taxi driver. (laughs) He looks like a hermit. I don't know. And he's like, no saving that one. Don't know why they're bothering you want a ride. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so she gets in the car. And, like, I thought it was just, like, a nice person offering her a ride. And then he he's like, okay, that'll be X dollars, please. Like, whenever she gets to the <laughs> harbor. But she gets this look on her face because I think the realization is that she needs to go to the yacht and kill everybody before they even leave the port. And then she gets in the car with this taxi driver and apparently falls asleep for 17 hours on her way to the docks and then wakes up and has no recollection of any of this stuff happening. So here's my theory and you can all let me know what you think. So the guy that walks up to her is very clearly not phased by the dead bodies and she would have very clearly died in that accident. Like, there's no way that she would have survived that because it's, it's not possible. Like, with, with 
without wearing a seatbelt. Maybe she was, but it doesn't matter. So he walks up to her and he says a couple of very important things. Like he says, there's no saving the boy. Like there's no point trying. There's no saving the boy. Yeah. It's like, is he the narrator or something? So then she says, uh, he says, can I give you a lift somewhere? And she asks him something. I don't remember the exact line, but he says, I'm just a driver. And then he gets her to the location. She says she wants to go to the harbor. And he says, you will be back, won't you? And she says, yeah, yeah, I promise. And he says, I'll leave a meter running. So in Greek mythology, which they reference Sisyphus, there is um, the ferryman to the river Styx. The ferryman. You have to pay yeah. them in order to cross oh. the river Styx and go into the afterlife. And she chooses not to because she wants to continue this loop trying to save her son, even though she knows she can't. She just wants to keep trying because she thinks that maybe somehow, in some way, she can make something happen that's different. She can break the loop somehow. So she's making the choice to do this over and over again. That's why she like walks up to Greg and hugs him and says, I'm sorry, because she is an awful fucking human being because she's putting all of them through this terrible experience. Yeah, she knows it, what it's what's going to happen, but she'll, she decides to do it all over again. She's just that motivated. For purely selfish reason, reasons. Yeah. yeah. So that's my theory. When I first saw it, I thought maybe he was the devil, but I think that this is, it's not yeah, so. It's, he's kind of like the lichpin. He's kind of like the, the, the one who's perpetuating it. Lichpin? <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> you mean lynchpin? Lynchpin. I think lichpin is better. I mean, lynch, lichpin might be more apt for this movie. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a brooch that a, that a lich wears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's like, he's the one who's, who's keeping it going almost. Like, I think he's offering to take her to the afterlife and she's saying no. And that's why he says you will be back because like, he knows what's going to happen. Like she can't, change. she knows what's up. She can't change this shit, but she's going to try anyway. Um, but I like, it's just, I find it, there's a lot of terrible things that happen in this movie, but one of the most haunting things for me and that they portray really well is that she sees how awful a mother she was like how abusive she was how toxic she was to her child and like she gets him into the car and she tries to rescue him in this really brutal attempt to be loving and caring and get him out of this terrible situation and she says like and it it comes across as this very abusive relationship like this things will be better and like i promise things will be better now on like you know you know i'll be better like things will be different and then the first sign of of turbulence with this bird hitting the window she starts screaming at him again like it immediately things shift back into the way it was and like it feels like this really terrible example of like an abusive relationship where you have this upswing where like you know everything will be better i promise i'll be better and like then it yeah, goes yep. right back into it again and like it's just yeah stuck in the loop so that's triangle she then hugs greg and then we see the last little bit that we didn't get to see previously um before she hugs greg is her getting out of the cab where he says you'll be back and she says yes then she sees Victor walking by and he's like, Jess, right? And she's like, have we met? And he's like, I feel like we have. Um, you know, Greg talks about you all the time. He's like, weren't you going to bring your little boy today? And that's when she just stares off, mouth agape. Right. right. <laughs> school. He's at school. <laughs> he's like, you sure about that? <laughs> I, the balls. <laughs> like, he's so fucking I don't, like, done with everybody's shit. I don't know. You sure about that? <laughs> told me that their kid was at school even if it was on a saturday i would probably be like oh okay and like oh, walk that's away. Nice. <laughs> yeah 
And then I'd call the cops after we got back. Okay, don't hurt me. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of the movie. That's Triangle. And we're going to start with Victor's opinions. Can we do favorite part? Yeah. Oh, favorite part. Um, oh, That's an opinion. It is an opinion. So my opinion about the my favorite part <laughs> is this, um, that I had one. So there are a lot of things in this movie I really like. My favorite part is how slowly this like it's creepier and creepier and how it never really stops until it gets to a point like where you realize just how terrible things are and it all loops over again. And you could literally start the movie over. Like if you really wanted to, you could just loop this movie and it would be like you could, you could be in the triangle if you wanted to. You could be Jess. Yeah. Um, I really, I love Mouth that. Mouth the gate. No, yeah. Just watch the movie going. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Her top lip is like this. Uh, favorite part of the movie, I think, uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier that like, we're all familiar with the whole time loop trope, but this one is just the most organic. It's just I want to say it's the most time loopiest of the loops. <laughs> like it, the, like there's no definitive point where you say, oh, okay, this is where the loop starts over, or at least... I didn't think there was a definitive point. I think it's the whole movie is like a constant evolution of um, timelines folding back in on each other yeah. and uh, uh, branching off into other timelines that uh, come back into the, the, you know, into, into another, into another timeline. I, I remember looking at the cover art for like the, the, you know, like the, the movie poster and it had like a uh, triangle of mirrors mm. and had like the, uh, Jess's face was kind of like in a fractal and you could look down the fractal and every, you know, everyone and every reflection was at a slightly different angle. Yeah. And I just think like, that's the mood that this movie gets done really well is that like every 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 other iteration is just deeply entwined and only slightly different from from the previous one yeah and you see them all happening at the same time max um <clears throat> my favorite part was um the shotgun, I think. <laughs> you always pick the guns. Was it a Mossberg this time? Uh, I don't think so. But it was an over-under shotgun. It's nice. It's maybe the only choice she had, but it was a good choice. Although, if you're shooting... This seems like a subtle way of saying that you'd... Like, you, you, like oh, my favorite part of the movie was uh, that the gun... <laughs> that one prop like you're you're like just subtly saying that you, you didn't like the movie and I, which all right well continue with your opinion yeah, well, well, that's i mean fine. it was just um you know is it fine do you pat it doesn't sound like that's it's fine, fine. <laughs> no no trust me it's fine it's fine <clears throat> you schizo <laughs> <laughs> everything's better now everything's gonna be different everything's changed oh, Okay, I also, no, really, Max. Finish what I, you're I also liked her mask. It looked a lot like the Raider mask from Fallout 4. 
It's just like a sack hood mm. you know, yeah. that they put on. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of creepy. A sack hood. It's... <laughs> I'm in a weird mood tonight. I mean, if you want to ask me about what time um, loop movie I like the most, it would be Looper, so... I'm done. Not that anyone's asking, but my favorite part of the movie was... <laughs> I've had a lot of time to think yeah. about this, and I, I don't have any. You interrupted in a way that made us think you had one. <laughs> um, I think probably my favorite part is whenever, like, the Jess that we've gotten to know and know um, is, <laughs> like, just perpetually being attacked by her, her sailing mates. No one is nice to her at any point, except for Greg when he's flirting a little bit. Like, and even that is short Like, it just gets, like, really aggressive really quick. Like, just out of nowhere, like, Victor's like, you fucking bitch, and, like, tries to murder her. And, like... Yeah, it's, it's a really rough day for her. That she unfortunately has to live Classic with Classic Greg. It's like, well, man, don't shoot me. Everything's okay. I know those shoes. Jess, come on now. This is too much. <laughs> Why would you play this prank on me? You found yourself a gun and that jumpsuit and a hood, and now you're pointing a loaded gun at me? Oh, you. Did the cruise line guys get you in on this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vic, what was your least favorite part? My least favorite part. Um, honestly, I fucking love this movie. Um, my least favorite part, uh, and I mentioned a couple times, is that... Uh, the gun. Uh, you know. <laughs> There's so many guns in this movie. Um, I... It's just the one uh, gun, Some of the actually. effects, like I said, don't... <laughs> it quite literally is. <laughs> no, if you want so many guns in this movie, watch Winchester. Oh, my God. Actually, no, that don't. just has one type of gun, too, I think, so... <laughs> One brand, but there's like 900 of them. Anyway, my least favorite part is uh, some of the effects. The Like, the seagulls look pretty bad. Seagulls. Um, they just don't blend very well at all. And some of the effects of people falling in the water don't blend really well. Um, and, like, even for, like, the time period when the, this movie came out in 2007, you said? Nine. 2009, yeah. I feel like there were probably better better programs available to make better assets but whatever whatever. it's better than i could have done but yeah uh, not a big deal but that was my least favorite part uh d-pad uh the least favorite part of the movie um i uh, i'm not sure how to explain it i want to say the pacing okay for a time loop movie that's that's yeah, but that's kind of the point, yeah. is that it's supposed to be a disorienting uh, timeline. But I just kind of feel that, like, the character, like, everybody except for Jess is not acting like any of this is actually happening. Yeah. It, it It's not convincing me. I, I guess not the pacing. I guess it might be the acting... I mean, all the characters are doing exactly what they were meant to do, 
Yeah, I don't think but it was the acting. I think it was more the writing. Like, the, okay, all right, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's better because it, it's it's really like there there is no sense of terror. There's only a sense of confusion. I and and like Jess understands it. Jess is terrified from the beginning because only because she has seen all this before. She knows what she's in for and what's going on. Yeah. But as the viewer, especially your first time seeing the movie it's there's a lot of like where is this going and not enough uh, not enough like uh, uh tension building i guess okay. yeah, like it, it it doesn't really doesn't really feel uh like it doesn't really have that that horror movie vibe that uh that it, that it should have or could have Uh, Max? My least favorite part was the wall spike. Um, <laughs> that, the cleat? The cl- it's not even, no. It's just a, a copper pipe that someone sheared off for no reason. It's just, like, the ship is from the 30s or whatever, but it's clearly in really good shape. Um, but yet you have this random piece of copper pipe sticking out of a wall. It's only there so she has something to stab his head on. That's it. Um, it's it's like the writers are like, wow, uh, we're we're gonna have that guy have a hole in his head, but how does he do it? Oh yeah, let's just put a spike uh, on this wall. Yeah, that'll work. A spike, spike on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like they started with the hole in his head and then worked backwards. Mm-hmm. What if there was a pitchfork? That's not believable. <laughs> no, no one's gonna believe it. Could the gun do it? No, the gun <sighs> would go right through. Guns when he when he gets impaled, it's just it just slides right in there. Yep. There's no like ah or anything. It's just like <laughs> I've been impaled. <laughs> um, my least favorite part is that Heather died so fast. She yeah. was the most likable character. Who's Heather? <laughs> Michelle, oh, whatever her name was. I know that was actually the first Heather. runner up for the thing I also didn't like because while the water was filling the boat. Like, they all had their heads above water, and she, for some reason, like, she had, like, two 25-pound dumbbells around her neck and could not get up above the water. <laughs> I think just... there was, like, a, a dip in the cabin, or the boat was tipping or something. She could have been knocked on the head by the mast. Uh, she could have been knocked on the head by Victor's ass when he went through the skylight. Oh, yeah. Rock hard ass. I'm not sure why there's a skylight on the boat, but he clearly breaks through like glass or something that's not very, uh, very strong. Like he breaks right through it. I don't know what the point is. It's a yacht, so I mean, maybe it has a sunroof. Uh, All right, Uh, Victor. What was the scariest part for you? What was your least favorite part? Oh, how quickly she died. Yeah. Um, Scariest part. Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, There's a lot in this movie that's terrifying for me personally, but like the scariest part is. Probably when Heather goes to the top and sees all of her bodies, like that is Sally. Yeah, not not Heather. Yeah, Sally. Um, when Sally goes to the, um, she's you know had has this grievous injury and she goes up to an upper deck and you know there's thirty, forty bodies, all you know the similar injury laying there in different stages of decay. Like that is just God. That it's is graphic. Yeah. Awful. I don't know how you would. For the last few seconds of your life, how you would reconcile that? Like that is terrifying. Um, so yeah, that. Um, D pad. D pad. 
scariest mm. um you know i want to say uh i'm gonna give two answers that's not for this one he's a guest well i'm doing it anyway he's a guest in our house <laughs> he's <laughs> not in our house double double deep ad no so i'm so I, I because i want to say i want to say both of these things i want to say the most iconic scene is when she drops the and i mentioned this earlier when she drops the locket mm. and it falls into a pile and she sees that uh, that was the most shocking to me when it occurred to me how long this loop has been going on. Um, but definitely that that was probably the most shocking and iconic. But I I just as a runner up, I just want to say that the scariest part is the 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 murder walk at, that she does mm. at the very end when she's holding the 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 hammer mm. the mallet i i don't know what it is about that and i'm glad you noticed it noticed it too um yeah uh, uh, yeah it, it the, just like that that animalistic determination like and it makes absolutely no sound as she's approaching it's like she's just one second is not there and then the next second she's just she's just going at it yeah. All right, Max. Bizarre. Um, yeah, I I will agree with Victor and say the scariest part is probably when Sally finds the rest of the Sallys. Um, and that's mm. I was also thinking the point at which in this movie I would die when Sally met Sally. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. When would you have died, Max? Well, I mean, without fail, if we're on this ship for any length of time, I'm gonna have diarrhea. Like I'll just I just will. So like I'll have to find a bathroom somewhere. <laughs> And that's probably where Jess would find me. Sounds like me. it's more dangerous to everyone else. Wow, yeah. I don't know. I legitimately don't know that you would have time to have diarrhea because, like, it is so fast. Like, it's like well, you'd get they lost get on in the a boat. bathroom and, like, oh, she would yeah. wonder maybe why it's... the loop wasn't restarting. Mm. Maybe, I mean, it's maybe the message on the mirror isn't blood. Maybe it's... Oh, no. Um, nope. No, well, I'm God damn it! See, I, I would probably start the yachting trip with diarrhea. Like that's what I'm saying, and like so I'm stuck in an infinite loop of having diarrhea, and then like finding oh, stalls no. in the bathroom, and then Jess shoots me while I'm on the pot. You know, I would really like to think that you would have enough foresight to not eat pickled jalapenos or what the fuck ever <laughs> the night before. You go sailing. <laughs> just be a nervous thing being out on the water. That's true. And... <laughs> Pickled sand crab. So yeah, and like as as I go in there, each time I come back on the boat, like I open the first stall, and I'm like, "There's a dead me on the toilet." I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" So I have to go through like <laughs> the... a couple different stalls until I find one that's empty. And <laughs> oh my god, the pile of poop is just getting larger oh, and larger. No. I just imagine the first time that. Jess kills everyone, and like she's waiting for it to reset, and it doesn't. She's like, "What the fuck? Like, oh, where's Max?" And then has to like hunt through the ship. Like, God damn, finds a different goddamn bathroom every goddamn time. I think just the constant it- seeing of like a figure that kind of looks like me lurking in the shadows, like. Mm. But I'm not very threatening. So, like- You'd fall over trying to run away. <laughs> I would never make it past like the first five minutes of the ship every time because I would just make too much noise. 
breathe really Imagine loud whenever I'm nervous. Imagine if this ship were all us. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, that would probably be it for me, I guess. Okay. What, um, you know, what's also... Overall was, rating next? Yeah. Uh, another scary thing was um, when the storm first hits... And Victor's trying to cut yeah. the sails free. That is, yeah. But that's the other part I don't get. He did cut the sails free. Either you have to reef them real quick, or if you don't have time, cut them loose so they don't capsize the boat. But he did get them cut loose, and yet they still capsized. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that they implied that just there was a large enough wave that it just tipped its center of gravity over and it, it flipped it. Your mom was a large enough okay. wave. Yeah, I think it that's probably it. what it is. Whoa. Whoa. Anyway. Whoa. So, yes. Uh, Victor, overall. I'm going to give this movie a 10 out of 10. I oh, really love this movie. Heavens to Micah. I really love this Could movie. Could you hear my eye roll? I did. <laughs> I, I wondered what that were... sound was. but <laughs> It sounded like it sandpaper being drug across concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, it doesn't matter. D pad, what's your overall rating for this amazing oh, movie? I'm man. sorry, I didn't mean you know, to influence you. I'm going your... to give it a seven. I feel okay. like I give all of my ratings a seven or hover around seven. <laughs> the old D pad seven. The old D pad seven. But the reason why I'm not giving it a higher score is. Because I actually don't worry, Victor. I am with you it's, on this one. Okay. I actually really like this movie. It's okay. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it, I I I think it's a great movie, and it it. I I think it is also very flawed, and there are lots of parts of it that just don't. It just don't have like the entertainment value of 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 most horror movies that uh, like a lack of coherence goes a, a long way with me and i i think it was kind of a movie on a shoestring budget and it shows and the acting is kind of eh, and the special effects are kind of eh, and there are certain parts that don't add up but this was a uh, you know I, I, this was a fresh idea this movie was a fresh idea and it, it there there aren't even though the time loop trope is kind of overplayed this one does it in a way that i've never seen executed before and for that i think it's it's unique and deserves uh for me to give it uh more than a seven a seven point five. Oh, changed without a, uh, okay all right oh okay mm -hmm. i'll take that yeah. max yeah overall rating i will also give it a seven out of ten um there's a lot of things about oh. this movie i didn't like um Victor and and, and Deep had like this this time loop stuff. Um, I didn't really. I mean, I, I it's like watching that and in the tall grass and stuff. It's all kind of the same to me. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but there was enough shooty gun action and like other fighting action that kind of made up for a lot of that. Um, and like. I guess that is one aspect of the time loop stuff I did like is like you see here's somebody with a gun shooting and then like there's somebody walking past on an upper deck with a gun shooting at other people, you know, and like it's just kind of chaos and 
Um, my overall rating, I'm going to give it a six because I just, I don't know. Like, it sounded like you said, sucks. sucks. I'm going to give a two socks out of ten. So it, it's effective. Like it, it, it's effective at making you put that on the poster. <laughs> Triangle. It's effective. <laughs> it's effective. It's effective at making you feel things. But we've had this discussion before that, like, typically speaking, I don't watch horror movies to feel things. <laughs> Triangle. You're gonna feel things. Like, well, Whenever I watch horror movies, I want to be scared. I don't want to have existential dread. And so that's where, like, a lot of the points got docked for me. Because, like, in the first time that we watched this movie together, we weren't parents. And now being a parent, it makes me hate things even more. And so, like... What's a parent now to you, though? Hmm. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I just <laughs> That was it. It was a, it was a fake laugh. It was a fake laugh, but it sounded like you were interjecting like ah, 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 I have a few things to say about that. It did it sounded like you were like a disappointed dad breaking the <laughs> yeah. kids. Uh 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 didn't say the magic word. <laughs> um anyway, so <laughs> that's that's my biggest thing, I guess. It's just that, like, I I just wish that it had been more horror and less make me want to punch things. Thick mm. horror rating. Horror rating. <clears throat> All right. So my horror rating, I am going to give an eight out of ten because I truly think that this, no matter who you are in this loop, it's awful. Um, it's terrible for the people who are being hunted, even if they don't remember that this is happening to them every time, because presumably they die. Um, whether you're Jess, whatever version of Jess, like, she is insane at this point. Like, absolutely fucking insane. And Victor, I think that would be... Yes. I would argue, um, not remembering it happening before increases the terror. Mm. Um... That's fair. She's discovering that it happened before. It's almost like she's remembering. Well, I think that she's insane. That's what I, that's what I was saying. Like, I, I think that she keeps thinking that it's deja vu, but it's not. It's she's done this before. Like, who knows how many times that version of Jess has done this yeah. thing and looped back over again. Um, presumably as many as I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But um, I think that whether it was her. Any number of times that she's been through, this would be terrifying. But it's it's a good point, Max, that it's more terrifying for the people who don't remember this because they're living that that height of fear every time over and over again. Like if no I remembered getting killed over and over again, like after a time, it would stop to hold so much terror over me. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so yes, my answer is eight out of ten because I think that there's a lot a lot that I like to embed myself in and, and think about the perspective of certain you know mindsets in the movie not just the things that i'm feeling about the movie um, you know what would really fucking suck what's that if you got stuck in a time loop 
mm-hmm. like in that movie that you liked that had the time loop where the guy's wife went missing or something. I don't know. Um, oh, jeez. And, he, like, he keeps, like, there are assassins after him. Do you mean boss level? And, like, he learns, like, every day. What? Do you mean boss level? Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, what would really fucking suck is if, like, you were just like, oh, yeah, like, I can't get killed. This is awesome. Da-da-da. Like, I'm just gonna keep doing all this shit, and then even if I get killed, it's not a big deal. And then, like something fucks up with the glitch and, like, you actually die. Well, I guess it wouldn't matter to you, then, would it? I guess it wouldn't, mm-hmm. but it just, like... Anyway. Um, D-Pad, what was your horror rating? Horror rating. So, for how scary it was, I was about to give it a six, because Kitty Cat, you made me think that you were... You got me thinking that this movie is more... A more psychological thriller psychological it's more psychological than it is scary which don't get me wrong i, I, like, I love me I, a good psychological I, horror but like i don't when i want to watch a horror movie i want to watch a horror movie you know oh mm. and and i was and i was thinking and i was thinking that that as a horror rating i should give it a lower score even though even though I overall enjoyed it and it's memorable, I was going to say that it's not very, it doesn't succeed at being that scary. Yeah. But I'm actually going to give it an 8 out of 10 because the the older I get, the less terrified, the, the less scared I am by Freddy Krueger and guys with chainsaws. And uh, monsters, co- monsters in the dark coming to get you. And the more terrified I actually am, the m- more I actually am afraid of of psychological things like that, like uh, playing these, playing out these nightmare loops over and over again in your head. So I think that might be part of what made this movie so memorable for me, and what makes it get under my skin and keeps me thinking about it. You know, keeps me awake at night after I watch it. So I'm actually going to say that's a eight out of ten for scariness. Okie dokie. Okay. Max, are you there? Um, I will give it a six out of ten. Um. Yeah, I mean, it had aspects that were scary. It had spikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, spikes. I mean, being on a yacht and capsizing um, in the middle of the ocean would be quite scary. Um, oh, my God. You really don't have a choice but to get on a ship if it comes Especially close. Like, yeah. Um, I think that for horror rating, I would probably give it a, like a five and a half. Like, it's... I don't know. It's not like scary, scary to me. That's that's the best way I know how to. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, that was our review of Triangle, and uh, I guess it is Max's turn to pick for next time. Oh, thank God! Am I glad to leave this freaking corpse factory of a movie behind us? Here we go. I never have to watch it again. Yeah. 
It'll be back. Um, back. Well, I don't... I'm not actually sure what to pick. Uh, I'm torn between... You have to decide right well, now yep. on the... Kind of. I'm torn between right now. the Super with Val Kilmer or uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Does that count? It's a horror comedy. Yeah. Technically, yes. Okay. <sighs> See, I just I don't remember. The I love Alan Tudyk, and I I I don't mind Tucker and Dale. I just we've done a lot of horror comedies lately. All right. Well, give me a second well, to figure all out. All you pick are super terrible, awful, make you super uncomfortable. What's his face movies? That's what you picked this week. Yeah, because I wanted to get you back for it. I said we're not doing this this whole back and forth thing because it's just going to lead to a shitty podcast eventually. We're going to fight. <laughs> I picked one of my favorite movies, and I appreciate that you all watched it with me. Thank you, D Pad, for being my best friend. Thank you for giving me something interesting to watch and revisit and review. Now, to, I, to be honest, you guys were a lot less harsh in this movie than I was expecting. Um, Listen, just because I hate it doesn't mean that objectively <laughs> it's a bad movie. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. I call it a steaming Have heap of guys... shit in the most loving way. Have you guys done a review of Baba Duke? Not, Not yet. yet. Oh, that is a good one. Though. I think Ian might just have settled that because I talked about that a long time ago and we never did it. <laughs> Here's the two choices. A third choice, you settled it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what we're doing? Although I have a hard time watching that movie because the first twenty minutes is just the kid being a little piece of shit, mm, screaming and. That's what I live my life through now is just my kids oh. screaming well you gotta fight the babadook then <laughs> Cannon just likes to scream he that's just like his his thing that's how he announces his frustration and he started doing it whenever he didn't have any words and now that he has words he's still like that's his first like thing is to go to is <laughs> oh well that's still my first thing yeah. to go to i i guess you never really lose that you, you just get you, know, <laughs> you get better at controlling get, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me like 30 more seconds to go through my list better about okay right. he's getting a little bit better about it so um so there is one thing i wanted to say <clears throat> kind of revolving around this movie a little bit um so i know that i am a little bit of an outlier at least I think D-Pad, you're a little bit more on my side of this, but with Max and Kitty, uh, I tend to really like movies that have bleak endings. Um, I just mm. find it really refreshing. Tragedies. I really appreciate it. I like the fact that it doesn't have to all be wrapped up in a nice, neat, nice, neat little happy bow. Like I, I like when movies are more bleak and sad. Um, I don't care if the bow is happy. I just want there to be a neat bow. Like I don't know that you could have looped this back together any more cleanly. Well, I think again like i'm not saying that it wasn't i'm just saying oh, okay. that like i don't like movies with bleak endings but i especially don't like movies with bleak endings that aren't wrapped up like that there are just <coughs> loose threads everywhere cold spaghetti cold spaghetti um, wow have you guys this whole seen um before i wait with thomas jane mm, no but i do love thomas jane you haven't seen it kitty from no is that a mike flanagan <laughs> um uh details and more let's see 
Mike Flanagan. Oh, that is yep. a Mike Flanagan. Yep. So there you go. There you I'm go. about You're to pick off. a Mike Flanagan movie. Yeah, let's let's do Before I Wake. It's getting very cold out. It's like Mike Flanagan weather. <laughs> it's like Thomas it's January out, out there. Like... <laughs> that was better. That was better. <laughs> I was gonna. I was trying to make a Ned Flanders joke, but it just didn't. I was gonna say it's getting cold out here because hell just froze over because oh. Max picked a Mike Flanagan. <laughs> I actually, I didn't know that was Mike. I watched that before, like we got into this Mike Flanagan stuff, so I didn't actually know it was, but. Um... <laughs> I still would have picked it anyway. Max is starting to mirror you. (laughs) (laughs) He's always mirrored me. That's why you picked me. Uh, I I would think by association, it's probably the other way around. I mean, uh, never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, Okay, thanks for listening. I really need to go to the bathroom. See you next time. This has been Hounds of Horror. You can uh, reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Please, if you like this, um, please give us a review. Please get me out of this loop. Just one review. (laughs) No, Victor, don't don't listen to them. Stay down here with us. It's nice down here. We all float down. One review and I'll be able to close my mouth and not be astonished. (laughs) Thank you, D-Pad, for joining us for this. Yes, thank you. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for having me aboard this show. Yeah, toot so toot. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Bye.